Welcome back to another OU Football Podcast powered by the Norman Transcript. My name is Joe Bettner. Joining me today is next OU running backs coach, Tyler Palmatier, question mark. I'm thinking about it. Can I put your hat in the put put your name in the hat? It's in the hat. It's just a matter of can they meet the demands. I mean, it, I'm not cheap. Will you be taking over Lincoln Riley's TikTok? Uh, no. My TikTok uh, experience was pretty brief. I have downloaded TikTok, and I spent 10 minutes trying to make something that I thought would be really great, and I uh, it just – I'll figure it out maybe eventually, but we <laughs> talked about this the other day. It's like, TikTok, is it here to stay? Everybody thought Snapchat was here to stay, and – as long as someone doesn't come along and make a better TikTok, because I think Instagram made a better Snapchat with like the stories. I think Snapchat tried to separate itself by like, oh, we got these stories, we got these like photos that go away, but Instagram was like, we're going to do the exact same things and also have the platform we've already built out. Yeah, and also Snapchat just sort of, I think they realized maybe that Instagram, once they had done that, they had to change Remember when they did? Remember when Snapchat did the platform change, the update? It was really bad. I mean, nobody liked it. Yeah, I, I don't remember, remember. And I, I don't even. I've been so removed from Snapchat that I don't even know. I can't even remember what the big difference is. But I know that when I get on there now, just to look, it's just a bunch of trash links on like the homepage to a bunch of garbage. Like the ESPN, like Snapchat Sports Center. That and a bunch of Strange. other just ridiculous things like do you, I, do you think lincoln riley like snaps recruits who's just like what's up like throws up like deuces and maybe, maybe puts on like the puppy filter mm, do you think that's ever happened maybe but it just here's my before we get into what we're going to get into my my theory on social media is as soon as old people f- latch on and grasp a new platform like then the younger people, there's going to be an exodus from that platform by younger people onto something different. And it went, it went from Facebook to, you know, as kind of old people infiltrate your timeline, people that you don't really want to share stuff with. It's all about younger people keeping everything a secret. You know what I mean? We went from ultra public Facebook to, hey, all of a sudden my ninth grade English teacher's on here. Like, I can't do anything fun. So then it was like, well, I'll steal away to Twitter. I'll have my Twitter, and I'll do that. And then it was like, okay, I can have a private Insta. And then it was like Snapchat, uber private. Like, it's almost impossible to get a username unless somebody shares it with you. And and then Snapchat became lame. And then now it's TikTok. It's like, we're just going to come up with a platform now that is so hard for older people to understand that they will not be able to keep up with us. But I, I now they're starting to get it, so it's like, what's going to be next? I think they're getting better at making it difficult to understand, like it, with each app. Although I will say, do you think the inverse is happening at OU? The younger people are coming to Oklahoma and the older people are getting out? If you want to talk about ma- mass exodus, there's a big one going on right now in Norman. <laughs> yeah. God and, bless Ruff and McNeil. I mean, he, you know, he's... I wasn't so much talking about Ruffin, which to we. Oh, what were we talking? What were we talking about? The twenty players that have entered the transfer oh. portal since we've recorded a podcast. But yes, let's let's start with Ruffin because that's the kind of the latest out of Norman right now. Ruffin McNeil, 
not retiring, but taking a step away from football to be closer to his father who is ill. Um, and so, you know, obviously no one can blame Ruffin. It's, uh, of, all, of all the things, just it's it's a, set, a very sad deal. Um, Ruffin, though, has been a part of Oklahoma since Lincoln Riley has been the head coach. Those two have been tied together with their times, and to it's kind of a – you know, we kind of felt the effect of when guys like – when, like, Mike Stoops was fired – that was kind of the like Bob Stoops's footprint on the program. Just it felt like that was when like it kind of just fully faded away, and it was Lincoln's program. And now, like he's, and not that he got rid of Ruffin or anything like that, but like this is a, another huge step for Lincoln Riley. He doesn't have his mentor around, um, and obviously for a very good reason for Ruffin's departure. But I feel like this is pretty significant in the grand scheme of things just considering where Oklahoma football's been the past three years yeah I think Ruffin's I I never really saw a long-term role for Ruffin at OU though that being said he I think was a really useful resource for Lincoln in that first year uh, to have somebody a really trusted guy not that he didn't trust guys that were already on staff but to have a guy like basically a mentor to come in and help walk him through some of those decisions as a head coach. Um, A guy that he could probably just not part of the old regime, not part of his current colleagues, a guy he could really probably in a one-on-one situation say, hey, what do I do here? And there'd be zero uh, discomfort in asking him those kinds of honest questions. I think that was kind of what Ruffin was here to do. and then he obviously he just had it. There was a stabilizing, a sense of stable, uh, stabilizing a sense of stability that he brought in that first year. And then it was obviously even more important in 2018 when he took over as the interim DC for Mike Stoop. So it, he, I just think you have to respect what Ruffin did. He came in. He sort of like he was there for Riley in that first year. Second year, I mean, he had to really help stabilize things down the stretch to help get them to the college football playoff. And, um, but I don't know that I ever saw him here long-term, you know, Ruffin, God love him, is a great man, super nice. We love talking with him, but he, Ruffin's own health, uh, I think maybe wasn't great. I don't know how long he was going to stick with a high level coaching position like that. Um, and it's just the greatest man. I don't mean any disrespect saying that, but like I, I just don't know how long Ruffin was going to stick with this. Um, maybe his next stop is a is maybe he gets back into it as a DC or a position coach, or I could see him more being an analyst. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that I think Ruffin would would fit that mold really well. Not that the game has passed him by, but I do think he kind of fits that kind of complementary piece to a coaching staff that can provide things that maybe don't always affect the day-to-day game planning Mm -hmm. for each opponent. And I think that Ruffin also provided, and this can't go understated, that he was very well liked by the players. And you need guys like that. Not everyone needs to be a drill sergeant, as much as I'm sure some other people. There's probably a crowd, a faction of people that disagree with that. But you, you need the good cops sometimes. And that was Ruffin McNeil. He 
has served that role really well. Um, it creates two openings now, though, for Oklahoma's coaching staff uh, with the departure of Jay Bulware earlier this week or last week. My, if last week. Last well, it week. was official, I think, earlier this week. Okay. So Is that right? It's all kind of – It has kind of run together. Um, he's gone. He gone. So, yeah, two vacancies. Um, what if it was pronounced vacancy? Would that bother you? Yes. You think that's how they pronounce it in, like – is that like a European? Not that, not really, but you know how they use the O? You know, they spell like favorite with an O-U. Yeah. Favorite. I'm surprised that O-U hasn't really adopted, like the university itself hasn't adopted that spelling. <laughs> all of their langu- all of their releases have that and every one of the O-U's is capitalized. As much as they love to insert- I would ask to be unsubscribed <laughs> from that list. I'd be like, I'll just go it alone, man. You, I'll aggregate every release you send out from another outlet if you do that. As as much as I feel like I see around Oklahoma's campus, like the the interlocking OU, anytime they can insert it into a word, um, like proud, and then there's like the interlocking OU in the yeah. middle. I'm unnecessarily triggered when I see any fan <laughs> uh, capitalize the OU in a word. Anyways, uh, yeah, there's two <laughs> vacancies, um, and it's kind of uh, I you know I think the big we'll call it a swing and miss, but whatever. I mean. Uh, OU and Texas were both going after Baylor's Joey McGuire, uh, who would have been a big home run. So it'll be interesting to see who they get for those those open positions they have. I know people have. I think a lot of people want Demarco Murray, who's at Arizona. Former former Sooner running back great Demarco Murray. I just don't see them going after Murray. He's very. Not to say that this staff is like full of like old timey coaches, but I do think a lot of them have have at least or at least had multiple years of experience, and you know Demarco just doesn't really have that. Um, and I, I'm curious to see where Oklahoma goes from here with Jay or with Jay Bulware leaving. It's it's going to be a little bit difficult, I think. To uh, I don't know if it'll be difficult, but just uh, where or how they arrange the coaching staff. I'm interested to see if it is even a possibility to put Kale Gundy back into that position because that's where he was and he was such a good recruiter. Uh, and not to not to bag on Jay Bulware or anything like that, but I do think there were some probably frustrations with how the running back recruiting was going um, under his watch. And this also, uh, I, I mean, having, having those two openings, you have a little bit of a – um, I don't know if flexibility is the right word, but I mean you're obvi- you're at, you're adding an offensive and a defensive piece to your staff, and it's going to be really interesting to see uh, who they can go get at this point. With you know National Signing Day coming up, the the the, the, the official one, but like the, the fake one, almost to an extent because everyone cares about the December date. Uh, but who they can get at this point is going to be interesting. I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm more locked into it than usual. But it feels like the coaching carousel has been spinning more than usual this this off season, and I don't know what that if if that's a result of just some of the high profile changes going on in the SEC, um, if it's just Texas, you know, basically dumping its entire staff outside of Tom Herman. But it feels like there's so much movement going on this this off season. Yeah, I think all it really takes is uh, you know, you get 
a, a shakeup and assistance at Texas and a, a head coaching change at Baylor, and that can really just doesn't take much for all the dominoes to fall. You know, especially when you get the uh, move like, um, you know, like a Matt Rule moving on. I mean, that's a he kind of set that job up for success. He kind of re he kind of propped it up again as a place where you could go win. But it'll be interesting to see who they hire. I think I was thinking the other day. I wish, um, you know, somebody else could probably give greater context to this, but the value of a position coach, you know, um, I, I always wonder what their, what those position coaches goals are. Do they want to, you know, they're obviously, I mean, some people are there for a long time and you have guys like, um, like a Dennis Simmons, for instance, he's developed and he's a proven developer and recruiter of great wideouts. Uh, I wonder what a guy like that wants to do. Like, I mean, he's, does he want to be an OC? I mean, uh, does anybody really want to be a career position coach? I mean, if we're just, if, if OU was just happy to go get DeMarco Murray, like what's the end game? Am I just, am, am I, you see what I'm getting at? I just always kind of wonder, like, what do those guys want to do? I mean, if you look at a guy like Brent Venables, who is a Clemson, former OU defensive coordinator, now defensive coordinator mm-hmm. uh, with the Tigers, I mean, he seems super content with the money he's making. And I feel like places like Clemson and Oklahoma can offer a very lucrative contract and I don't want to say lifestyle, but when you're a position coach, you're not asked to deal with the headaches that come with what Lincoln Riley does on a day-to-day basis. And I think there is some, I guess, attractiveness to being just focused on one group and one side of the ball. And and make like 350 grand a year yeah. and just not have to worry about all that other stuff. I mean, that could be attractive to people, I guess, is what I'm, is sort of what I was getting at. I don't really know where I was going, but I'm just always a little fascinated by, it. you know, you don't have to be, they're not looking for, the elite running backs coach who has proved, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like I don't feel like that guy exists. Well, Jay Bulware was an offensive lineman, and I mean he's coached everything. He he coached kickers. I mean he yeah. coached tight ends. He coached running backs. I mean you don't even have to. It's not like they're looking for some r- running back master, some running back sensei. I mean they're looking for a guy that knows football who can keep a room together. Pretty good leader. Uh, good at communicating the game plan and but the biggest thing is recruiting i mean you want somebody who can go out on the road and sew up these commitments and sort of hold on to them and this is sort of what leads me to what bullwear's exit i mean seemingly kind of came out of nowhere but how big was the jace mcclellan thing in the grand scheme of bullwear's exit i mean he part of your job as a position coach is not only to make sure you're developing the room but it's to hold on to commitments like that, and it didn't. And to have a guy like that to lose him at the last second, it's a little weird. Yeah, you, you can't let a guy like that of his caliber, who had been committed for two years, more more than that, and then on signing day, he flips to Alabama of all places. The optics just aren't good there, and I mean, if he's that good, he's gonna flip somewhere good. So it's you just can't lose a guy like that. Of course. I mean, if it wasn't Alabama, it was going to be 
the the one I think one of the pros, and I, I know that this has been mentioned quite a bit, so this isn't a unique idea, and I don't want to present it as one. The one thing where I think Demarco Murray would be a good hire is that I think that guy would be probably really good at building relationships with running backs as far as, hey, I was in the NFL really not that long ago. And Oklahoma set me up for this long career. I was one of the best backs in the league, got paid a lot of money, and I can help you get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that carries a lot more weight coming from DeMarco Murray. Yep. As a, and I'm not trying to you know bag on Jay Bulware or anything like that, but just the name alone holds a lot more weight, I think, to at least younger athletes who grew up watching DeMarco Murray is like two guys like us that grew up, you know, just I can't I, I don't want to date you or anything like or age you or anything like that. Just saying like, I don't know what what was the big running back of your time growing up? I mean, I'm not a big like I don't have I don't keep a lot of memories. Well, everybody always gives me a hard time. Like I don't. I don't keep a favorite band. I don't keep a... Not a favorite band, but who is... Somebody who asked me once, it was Cody. Let's name drop Cody since he'll never be on this podcast. Um, you know, he asked me, like, who I would ever... One famous person I could meet. And I was like, you know, I just don't think that way. But, I, I mean, I know what you're saying. Okay, big running back my time. I mean, Adrian Peterson would be... That's the one that, That's the one that comes to my mind. I was going to say, I feel like I mean, like if growing we're talking up, about stars, if are we talking about NFL yeah, or like, college? I, feel like I mean, I, Emmett Smith. I mean, that's the one. I mean, yeah. the first big stars I remember. I mean, Emmett Smith, like uh, Marcus I, Allen. Those are the pros I think of when I think of guys that were just – that would be a draw. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, you know. Hey, Twitter world. <laughs> when I hear those words, I get a chill down my spine. I feel like – it scares me. I, I just bring this up because like... Hey, Twitter world. <laughs> I literally am like, oh my God, where is he? I, I feel like growing up, like for me... It was, the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> I feel like for me, it was like Adrian Peterson. I feel like LaDainian Tomlinson was like... Yeah, probably are, mm-hmm. Probably the big... I just feel like if I, like in some alternate universe where I have the talent to be like a college football like level running back and like LaDainian Tomlinson is coaching running backs for whatever school and he's just like hey you know come play come play for us and be like you're lt like yeah i'm I'm gonna follow you like i'm gonna or at least like give you the time of day to be like i'll hear your pitch out and whatnot. it'd be like bill simmons walking into uh (laughs) this room right now and being like hey i'm starting a i've got another startup (laughs) grantland Grantland part two take grantland take two i think i think that's just the ringer (laughs) oh yeah it's a little different but yeah anyway uh, but all so, this to say, I think DeMarco Murray, he's I, a name and I'm sure he can probably a good recruiter. I don't know. Don't know a whole lot of, Oh, he's been on TV. He's got charisma. He, you know, he's a guy I didn't cover him. So I don't know exactly like what his personality never dealt with him. But if you can do TV and you're a name, like you're gonna, you're going to get your chances on the recruiting trail. You'll be fine. Yeah. So, and I think there's some value in having an OU guy on the staff, a guy that's, understands the OU Texas dynamic uh stuff like that so by the way big breaking news Todd Orlando Todd Orlando officially the new defensive coordinator at USC which is just hilarious he was at Texas Tech for I think a week 
I'm not sure he was ever made official, but I'm pretty sure he was sp- set to join the Texas Tech staff, which is funny. Anyway, Eey, that's a tough, that's a brutal hire, is it not? Hey, I don't know. It wasn't great. He <laughs> wasn't even the DC at Texas Tech. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he was supposed to be the the lead guy. Something about I don't know. Texas don't Tech know. did not like some of his position coaches. Yeah. One among one among them, Kerry Cooks. Kerry, I was gonna say Kerry Cooks is, was let go. Correct. He's done. At Parted Texas ways. Yeah, Parted I mean ways. it's done. Yeah, they they have they let him go. Not I mean great. he can't be that good. Sorry, don't want to be that edgy and mean. Um, We're spewing hot takes on this podcast now. Yeah. Um, so, moving on, Joe, uh, to some lighter news. Actually, let's keep with the scary uh, skies falling news. Uh, the transfer portal, the count of people who've left, um, I don't really – I don't put that under the category of skies falling because I can't think of one – guy during this and i think it's been seven now since december who've entered the portal that didn't that either one we all didn't see it coming or two the guy just didn't have a role and i mean that with respect it just this does happen it there's it the transfer portal in so many ways is so healthy i mean and a lot of these guys based on their I mean, if you read into a tweet, like there have been some classy tweets from guys who've left and the responses from players wishing them luck. And it just doesn't appear like there have been any real nasty breakups or anything. You know what I mean? No. I mean, this isn't what that's about. I think it's just about they're in. OU is still in transition with players who were recruited under a different coach. And that matters. It would be a big problem if more of these names were guys that were big contributors on last year's team. But they're just not. There, I mean, you're you're losing depth, and that isn't the best thing in the world. But it's not like you're losing. Uh, it's not like Theo Weiss or anything has entered the transfer portal. Then I think you would be like, okay, let's set off the alarms. Deshaun but, White would be, yeah, like, oh no. Um, but I was gonna say, looking at the list that uh, Sooner Scoops Bob Prisbillo put out uh, about a week ago. Um, since 2019, OU has lost Derek Green, Ron Tatum, Tyrese Lott, Jakari Daly, Starlin Baldwin, Jonathan Perkins, Miguel Edwards, Jaqueline Crawford, Michael Thompson, Michael Jones, Troy James, Ryan Jones, Levi Draper, and Mark Jackson. Do any of the, I mean, I'm not trying to bag on these guys, but be honest with yourselves. How many times are you sitting down on an OU Saturday and do you hear those names come up? It's, it's not often. No, and I, there's still a couple names out there that I think are – I'm surprised we haven't heard yet. And um, Robert Barnes, it was really hard to see what his role was going to be moving forward. Guy that didn't dress out. One guy I didn't mention, Jordan Parker, I think was also into the transfer portal. That wasn't on that list. Anyway, sorry. No, I mean, he's he's in that list too. These are not – these are guys that at one point or another either played a lot or were uh, – I was going back reading some old stories about Jordan Parker – when I say old, I mean like a year ago, and even in this fall camp. I mean, the fall camp, of course, a lot of optimism and praise gets kind of thrown out there, and we nobody guys knows are looking what, good. Yeah, nobody knows what to do with it because we're, we're all just, camp. we're all coming out of hibernation, and yeah. So, or his leadership has really been. Oh, well, he's really yeah, getting it. It's yeah. slowing down for him. Mm-hmm. Man, 
yeah, you'd think the game's in slow motion entirely <laughs> in August. But, uh, yeah, just guys like Jordan Parker, the injuries, uh, Mark Jackson, there just wasn't a place for him post Mike Stoops. Some younger guys came in that were pretty good. And, um, you know, Robert, I'm surprised we haven't seen Robert Barnes pop up. I'm surprised we haven't seen, not to pile on the guy, but, you know, a Justin Broyles. But although you get to some point, I mean, you got to have guys to play to field a team. I mean, Broyles um, was it, playing, though, it, is the thing. Like, he was, he was getting quality minutes. Well, he's getting minutes. I'm saying, he's like, getting minutes. his minutes were. I, I don't were, know how quality they were. I'm not saying he was putting in quality minutes. He was yep. receiving them. Was he playing that much before the injury to Turner Yell? I mean, I don't – maybe no, not really. sparingly. But, I mean um, – and I'm not trying to pile on the guy for sure. I mean, I just think, like, they've got scholarships open now. What will OU do with them moving forward? I think the next signing day could be bigger than it was last year for them in terms of either late gets or – you know, junior college guys, or uh, I don't know what the grad transfer market looks like defensively at some of those positions, but OU's got spots open, um, and you know, they're going to have to fill some of – they can fill some of those scholarships. So there could be a lot of movement player-wise but because of this, because this was mo- this is a, much more of an exodus than last year. I mean, we can say that. It's not – I don't see it as like a scary – like. Uh, scenario for them that this many guys left, but it is significantly more than last year. I'm with you. And so it just, there will be a lot of movement, I think, in the next few months. Guys coming in, and who knows when that's going to happen. Hopefully, it's not on our days off. Probably will be. Probably will be. But it'll help us fill time on this podcast, which uh, helps you all. Yeah. Get your, get your daily OU football fix because yeah. there's not many OU football podcasts out there. You know, so no, this is rare, rare form niche podcasting. Hashtag rare breed is what we are. Hashtag unique, unique. Hashtag transcript DNA. I'm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the DNA. It's probably not too far. We can't rip OU off. Well, I just want to do like transcript. Hashtag read the transcript. And no, you, then we're aligning with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Um, Speaking of rare breeds, senior ball going on. Traylon Hurts. Neville Gallimore appears to be killing it. He looks like a rare breed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really not trying to like drive that home, but man, that Neville Gallimore is just such a freaky athletic guy. Um, I know he made Bruce Feldman's like, he, he puts out like a yearly list of just like, I think it's called his freaks list, mm-hmm. um, which I never know how to feel about. Like, here's my list of freaks, <laughs> but it's a kind of a it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of an odd. I'm not saying like it's offensive. I just think it's a weird. It's a weird thing to call a guy because mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't like in. I feel like sports are such a weird thing because you can talk about people in such a different way than you wouldn't talk about anyone else. Like if you said like that guy's a freak. But you work a desk job at like, I don't know, like an accounting firm. Like you're you're getting reported to HR the next day. <laughs> I still feel weird calling a guy an athletic freak. But I, even though it's a compliment, I still a part of me is always like, "Should I be talking about?" It sounds like you're talking about 
like a machine or like a car. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. There's some subtext there to be. I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't subscribe to it. I don't read it. I don't. Yeah. It's not really in my vernacular to uh, call someone a freak. But Neville Gallimore is definitely a freak. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's done really well at the Senior, senior Bowl. I think he's a guy that I think is probably going to test uh, well enough to sneak up into day one or two of the NFL draft. I don't think that's too big of a reach, which it's going to be <laughs> probably a little bit, I don't know, uh, concerning or just like kind of like a not great thing for OU fans if Neville Gallimore goes on to have this like great – NFL, and they'll probably be happy for him. But I just feel like these some of these OU guys get into the NFL, and then just you can obviously tell that the coaching gets better, mm-hmm. they become better. Uh, and I think it is kind of a frustrating thing where you're just like, why couldn't that guy that's all pro now look like that when he was at OU? And there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I could see Neville Gallimore having a career like that with the right coaching. Yeah, and the – Kind of an interesting situation that OU's in right now. Gallimore could go in the first round. Kenneth Murray could go in the first round. Um, and Parnell Molly's going to get drafted somewhere. So it's been a long time since they've had two first defensive rounder, uh, first rounders, and they have a cornerback that's going to go. The you know Parnell Motley drew a lot of praise from the Shrine Bowl. So it just makes me wonder. I mean, I know you can't just be good at three positions and have a good defense. You do have to – you've got to be deep. And it just sort of – it's just – I don't know really what I'm getting at here. I guess I'm just saying, like, just kind of strange to me. Should they have been a little bit better defensively, well, even though they no. were pretty – I mean, they were improved. Like, you had you had a first-round nose guard. You had a first-round middle linebacker. And I honestly you had a say good corner. you had a really good cornerback, and all those guys, those were not positions of concern. It's sort of like where the holes were, were other places in depth, and like if those guys had to leave the game. I'm sorry, am I boring you, Joe? That big ass yawn that just <laughs> couldn't have concealed that a little bit more. I don't think the mic Man. got it. Oh, it got it. <laughs> if it didn't, Joe just released a yawn. It's like a bear in Yellowstone getting ready to bed down for the winter. I, I think I say all this because I think the the NFL draft can be deceiving as far as guys that get in from probably programs you don't typically think of as like a defensive juggernaut. Like OU is going to put in quite a few defensive players in this year's draft compared to recent years. And sometimes I think that tends to happen. I mean, it's just like when I think Central Michigan had like an offensive lineman go number one pretty recently his name escapes me but you can be a part of like not, a not so great program and that happens a lot with quarterbacks obviously like Josh Allen wasn't winning a whole lot at Wyoming but now he's in the playoffs winning or not winning in the playoffs but like getting his team the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills to yeah. the playoffs no you're right I mean you have to have some talent spread out and I think with what Oklahoma had I think it'd be they would have been behooved to have a guy up front a linebacker, a corner, and I mean the big position is safety. I just can't think of a more critical position for Oklahoma right now than to get just a stud safety. And I don't need to. Still waiting on my invite, Lincoln. I've, I've uh, been known. Has he seen that photo with you and Jason Kersey? Yeah, that, he probably wouldn't. It's a little deceiving. Yeah, we're. What? Yeah. What uh, do you mean? Sorry, just 
it's a flag football thing. Um, I'm not sure you get it. Um, Me? Yeah. No, it's a. Uh, I killed in the game two two years ago. Our our scheme, our coaching, just didn't really fit. Didn't really kind of play me to the best of my abilities. I think I'm, I think I'm ready though for the next step. I think Kersey just the, you know, we got exploited a little bit, and you know, a little bit of the, that's on me, but it's not all on me. Yeah, that's okay. So. Um, but no, I mean they, the guys they missed out on in state at safety. That's that's just big for them. I'm sorry. Like that that's the position they have to really I mean you want to be good at all all levels, all positions, but you can be pretty good if you have good talent like <laughs> Josh Proctor. Josh Proctor. Dax, Dax Hill. Hill. But with both of them. You know what's I mean, like probably not gonna You know what's wild is just like you see I feel like Oklahoma has suffered from this a little bit recently and maybe it's just isolated, but I feel like you get these really good in-state guys that they know that OU is in their backyard. But some guys just want to get out of get out of their state, and it's not OU's fault. Like, just some guys just want to go experience a different part of the country, and then you have a situation like Brock Vandegrift, who's just like, actually, I want to stay home. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> it's just it's it's not the best. Um, and I mean, I think Oklahoma. I bet recruiting just makes coaches want to pull their hair out. But because there, and there's no exact science to it other than money. Um, but there's really no and just giving people money. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure. There's there's money out there. Illegally, you're saying dirty money. Yeah, yeah. There can't be that many. There can't be this many. Uh, you know, restaurants in Norman, and there not be some laundering going on. Mm-hmm. I think there's some some stuff going on, Norman. I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. Damn! Oh my! (laughs) Stay tuned. There's some places on Lindsay Street that I just don't understand how they stay in business, and then like they 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 will take away others, and it just doesn't make sense to me. I used to always think that in Stillwater because for the longest time there was the like U.S. typewriter corporation right over by my apartment. (laughs) I'm not saying there's a laundering scheme, and I was like, how is this even a business? Like, what? (laughs) Who is coming? this can't be real. And this was a few years ago, but I mean, people who was still using a typewriter besides, I mean, there's a few hipsters around that are still plunking away. There's guy at gray owl coffee who comes in every now and then. And Oh, gray owl coffee. Here we go. Yeah, again. That's a plug. That's my place. Uh, you can find me. At I am. And I just can't get enough. It's so Uber hipster. <laughs> I, I love it. It is amazing that our favorite coffee places are named after animals with a color in front of their name. Gray Owl. I'm a yellow dog guy. Mm-hmm. Mine was first. Well. Can have a lawsuit on their hands. Yellow Dog is the only coffee shop in Norman that roasts their coffee in-house. So well. I want to put that put that in there. Yeah. I'll give them that. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah. So Godspeed to uh, Neville Gallimore. Please sponsor us. And uh, the uh, Oklahoma defenders trying to go in the high in the draft. Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't. I haven't re- I haven't read up a whole lot about I just I've kind of seen some tweets. I let's say this, I, I at least to my knowledge unless I'm missing something, I don't think he's uh made a bunch of noise at the senior bowl. Uh I did see that he was whatever like slightly less than accurate day 1, then better day 2. I mean, I don't know. I always wonder how many of these reporters are like trying to just kiss up to these players' agents? Um, 
at some of this stuff? A lot. Like Jalen Hurd, like are you telling me he was he really sucked day one, but he was throwing darts day two? Actually sounds pretty accurate. That is actually kind of <laughs> kind of like what Hurts is. Uh he threw some darts this year. And then he threw some lemons. I'm not I'm not gonna say that um and we might have talked about this on the podcast before, and I have short term memory loss at some points. Sometimes I believe Lincoln Riley when he says the battle between Jalen Hurts and Tanner Mordecai was close. Just a little bit. Eh. I think there might have been a little bit more validity to that than there was Kyler Murray and Austin Kendall. Am, am, am I crazy for putting that out there? I'm not saying Tanner Mordecai would have been better than Hurts, but I, I, you could probably sell me that Hurts was just a little bit better than Mordecai in, in fall camp. You could sell me on that. I, you're not, I see where you're getting. I mean, I, I'm, uh, you're, you're, I don't think you're right, but just because I think Hurts' athleticism and his build, I think there was, to me, there was never any mystery about what the offense was going to be. I don't think they wanted it to get to the point where it was like legitimately like, uh, a Colin Klein offense at Kansas State, but, but I think there that was been beautiful. A, we saw it. It's great. Yeah, uh, but um, I think legitimately they knew that you know this they're going to need to lean on Hertz's running ability. Um, you know, if all things are equal, unless Mordecai is just some sort of you know wizard with the football, that or Rattler for that matter, like that they were going to lean on what limited a passing ability that Hertz had and. And then whatever he can bring with the run game, and at times that was, I mean, it still, requ- I mean, it still resulted in a efficient offense. I know people didn't love to watch it, but the yards per play, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it was really good. I think it was even, it was either up there with LSU or better, or like maybe the exact same. Yeah, no, they were very close. Very I mean, close. Not totally different offenses, uh, but whatever. It'll be interesting to see where he gets drafted, but more than that, where he's going to do his pro day. I mean, all this roll tide, boomer sooner stuff he's throwing out there. He's kind of. Hey, did you not see these videos of like him? Uh, of oh, the dual helmet. Oh, there's the dual helmet. Then during some, it looked like a, it looked like a high school assembly. I don't know what it, what was going on, but like he got up on stage and he was like, "Yeah, I'm Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma," and then he let out like a really long roll tide. Um, I didn't watch that. Yeah, that sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. Have fun, you know, covering that this week. That's that just can't be that. Uh, this is definitely interesting. I mean, just this is definitely NFL draft Twitter's like favorite time of year. And I'm not trying to bag on those guys, but this is like their this is their Super Bowl week of like breaking down very hyper focused drills that aren't really football that are kind of football. Closing speed. The guy, this guy's hips, the best hips I've ever seen. Look at him turn those hips. <laughs> that guy has a nice, nice set of hips on him. His knuckle radius is <laughs> off the freaking chart. The, the whole. Do you remember the Baker Mayfield like hand like size dilemma? <laughs> when there was like Baker Mayfield's hands aren't that big. <laughs> yeah, kind of. The one that the one that stuck in my mind. Yeah. He's not going to be able to hold on to that football. 
That really blows my mind. And the the one that's more recent in my mind, it was the one the most recent in my mind is Murray's from Le- the height thing. Yeah. They were like, did he, was he wearing socks? Did he, <laughs> did he, did he tweak his height? And then he comes to, does the OU Pro Day. Oh, he doesn't measure his height. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> and then like, there we are in the East Side Club. Kyler, why didn't you do your height today? And he's like, well, I don't have to do my height. I already did that. It just, it is bizarre. It is a clown show that you have to do. And I'm, uh, and I love, that's kind of why I love, I don't want to give any secrets away, kind of uh, stuff we have coming this weekend, but I love um, the guys who do well despite a poor combine performance. Like if you'll remember Orlando Browns was just. I mean, he was the laughing stock of the combine and he's all pro or not all pro, but he's pro bowl. Is he all pro too? Uh, he's a pro bowler. Snuck is snuck in as an alternate, but I mean, still, still. Um, not everyone's an alternate. The world needs alternates. I was an alternate. Were you? Mm, no, I just really wanted to say that honestly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I I hope the best for Hertz, and I, I would like his pro day to be here. I think it would be fun to cover just from a perspective of, like, does he change at all? He's not. Uh, but it would be kind of interesting just to watch that all play out here. But I kind of think he'll do a – something tells me he's just not going to do that. Switch positions? No, do his d- pro day here. Oh, I thought you said – position switch thing is disrespectful and gross. Okay. I thought that's what you were alluding at. Sorry. No, 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 no. Um – I just mean like I, I don't think he's gonna you know, I don't think he's gonna do his pro day here. I think it's gonna be really not his thing. He's not living here anymore, right? I, I mean, I, w- he, I would assume no. But he is. He could be. He could benefit from doing it here with the amount of guys that are gonna be here to watch him. But there's so much hurts tape out there. Like, do you really want to invite yourself to get? Um, that's it's a really kind of a fascinating thing from that standpoint. Like, do you want to put yourself out there again so people can watch you? Like, his measurables, nothing wrong with that. His athleticism. But this doesn't seem like a guy that's going to be comfortable weighing in at the Barry Switzer Center in front of that mess that is all those reporters and the scouts. You've covered a pro day before, right? It's uh, it's, it's weird. It's nasty. It just feels like a – I don't know. It just – all the measurements and just people it's like it's it's like i said we talk about and we look at athletes in such a different way than we would any other thing it's the weirdest it's oddly dehumanizing yeah it's the oddest societal norm that we've like made that we've made acceptable like that this is an okay thing that we do but yet every one of those players is like working night and day to make sure they're in peak physical condition for this i mean it it is a it can be a payday, although you just never know. Like Jeff Bedette wowed with an amazing forty time, yeah. That still didn't help him catch the ball any better, and he's in the XFL right now. I wonder what guys, if any, from OU's past that didn't really pan out in the pros will make their triumphant return for pro day. Because sometimes you do get the guys that obviously aren't seniors or juniors, fresh out of college, that mm-hmm. will that will go through it all. I wonder if like we'll get like a Trevor Knight or anything of that sort. 
I'd be interested to see. There'll be a certain number of guys that I would guess will still be guys that you would think would come back and do that will be in the XFL. That should still be going on. Well, just I, because I, I know like the, a lot of guys will sometimes the the lower level, not lower level, but like smaller conference guys mm-hmm. will try to like get an invite to like a Power Five teams pro day. I'm, I'm not saying this would happen, but like a guy like Jordan Love from Utah State, mm-hmm. if he try if he goes to not OU per se, but just like. You know, if he tries to sneak his way into a different team's pro day to right. try to get more exposure. Yeah, it's always interesting to see guys come back. And Jalen Hurts could also do two pro days. I don't think he will. Or has he already said that shut that down? I honestly don't know. I, I really mean, don't care. Me, I just think he what what seems to fit him more would just be like a small like Houston media uh, contingent at Channel View High School or at University of Houston, like. Some place down there where it, here, you know, it would just be, I think he would maybe think it's going to be like a circus show media-wise. It will be. But, I mean, if you have a public pro day, like ESPN's going to show up. I mean, you're going to get the national media. You'd be able to avoid us, the uh, the local media, but you're going to get, I, I just don't know what the, I don't know what he'll do. I'll text him later and see if what what he's been thinking about. Gets in the bottom of it, Tyler. Yeah. Um, Joe, you have an amazing idea. Are you, are you just saying that? What? Are you just saying it's a great idea to to, to tease the viewers a little bit? No. I, I want you to lay out this idea regarding the Super Bowl. Okay. Get ready. This is the new segment. Can we say Super Bowl on this program? Yeah. Okay. There's like a copyright thing, I know. I don't know. Can't say Super Bowl? They're, they're, like you can't, I know you can't say it in advertising. So, I mean, I just, I just get a little nervous. I mean. The transcript lawyer's getting a call tomorrow. The big NFL game coming up. The, the, big, the big one, um, which a, a few Oklahoma players will be in. James Winchester, Blake Bell, Damian Williams. The large bowl. The, the superb owl <sighs> will be happening <laughs> in Miami. Uh Three OU players and the Chiefs. Uh, there's none on the 49ers, correct? N- none of OU. No, no OU guys. I feel like that's not to my knowledge. The one guy that that is of interest, and in, if you're an OU fan, maybe you care, maybe you don't. But George Kittle, the tight end for the 49ers, best tight end in the league by some people's measure, is a Norman native. Played at Norman High for the Tigers, and. Someone brought up on Twitter that Norman High School's Harv Collins Field should play the Super Bowl on the video board and allow people to come in and watch the Super Bowl at the stadium. And I thought, like, well, that's a good idea. Harv Collins has a pretty nice video board, but it'll do you one better. I think that, not for George Kittle purposes, but I think you would have a good contingent on hand if OU were to do it. Hey, you have three Sooners. In the Super Bowl, you have George Kittle, you have a lot of Norman flavor, but I think that OU should open it up to the public, open up Gaylord Family, Oklahoma, Memorial Stadium, show the Super Bowl on the, the video board, the large the large one, on the video board, but here I think is where things get injured, because I don't know if anyone wants to sit in the bleachers and then watch it up on the video board for a few hours. I think you make this an event, and I'm going to say this has a lot of logistical issues. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of problems with this idea. So I'm just going to preface that. But 
OU. Here's a free idea for you that you could probably monetize pretty easily. Let fans onto the field, let them pick out plots of land on, on Owen Field where they can set up a tailgate tent, you know, get their food, get their grills. It's probably some fire code thing that would make this impossible, but you know, you could also make it kind of like the OU has like the the luxury tailgating. You could even just control it yourself by doing that stuff. They've got like the the glam uh, tailgate or glam gating or whatever it's called. I don't know if there's an actual word, but anyway, this idea revolutionary. If you ask me, reverse tailgating of actually tailgating on the field of which football is usually played. You you get some camaraderie built up. Maybe you have some live music. I don't know what you do. You can bring in Toby Keith. I don't know. He brings himself in. He's everywhere. (laughs) Bring in Kings of Leon. I don't care who you bring in. But I think... I kind of... As I was kind of... Don't do that. Can we just... Hold on. I'm going to let you finish. But like, don't... You don't need to bring in a lame country artist for everything you do at Owen Field. People will have a good time without that. Continue. Anyway. The, as I was spinning this idea, you imagine if any college football program did something like this, but they did it for like each road game, like it would maybe, I don't know if deters people from going to the road game, but for the people that are like in Norman that Saturday, maybe, maybe people like the Saturday off, but like if you just invite people like, Hey, come watch our road game on our video board and you can tailgate on the field where our players usually play and that just seems like a cool tradition if that was like someone's someone's thing, you know? Like, oh, when I think of college football traditions, I think of reverse tailgating at OU. It's exactly what I think of. Then the Sooner Schooner, which they killed off in 2019 and never brought back. But not, not true. <laughs> oh, no, I'm saying uh, it was hypothetical. Oh. Where OU does the right thing and gets rid of the Sooner. No. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I think this is a great idea because I came up with it. And I think that Joe Castiglione should get on the phones, start working at logistics. Um, so yeah, Tyler, are you in? I wish I'm in. I'm in. I wish we had a segment on this podcast called Joe's Big Idea, and you sit down with an idea for OU <laughs> and you pitch it to Joe C, and he he just gives you feedback, positive or negative. Honestly, we would love a full 100% commitment on the spot to your idea, but we understand that's not possible. But what I would love is Joe's big idea where the two Joes, the most powerful Joes in Norman, although I forget the Joe Musato is also here. So one of the three most powerful Joes in Norman sit down and they just they go over this. I do as you're rattling this off, I was so inspired. My whole body was flushing just with energy um what if you did a land run for all these plots i think that's how you get your plot it's a full-on oklahoma land run like you want to be at the 50 you better you better bring it yeah i don't even want to talk about the drawbacks because i love this idea so much But there are a couple. I mean, it's February. I'm just thinking about the the people. It's gonna be pretty cold. That show up to like the Alabama meet and greet day. Um, that like like how theirs is set up is like on the field, um, and they uh, like that set up like at uh, was it Bryant Denny? Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, they set it up at, on the field at Bryant Denny and like literally how they do it is they like open up a gate and then you just see this flood of 45 year old men <laughs> wearing Alabama football jerseys <laughs> running to, to get to the, fr- the, I love that. It's, it's insane. I love that. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I would, it, man, if the Super Bowl was hell, I mean, if this was a warmer climate, although does it get below 60 degrees in the wintertime in Oklahoma anymore? Um, you could do it. The, there, there are talks that it's going to be a very cold February and March. Who's so. saying that? Big weather. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, it is just not. I feel like big bread and big dairy. <laughs> I feel like weather people have not had a good good run recently. And when I say recently, I mean like the last three years. The last, like the climate must just be. The climate just must be a real pain in the ass right now, trying to figure it out because. I'm trying to think what I part of it I think is anyway I don't want to go down that road I mean whether people get bashed enough just like we get bashed for dumb things I mean you're trying to predict a climate you know it's not like the climate and mother nature's holding weekly availability so you can get a beat on the situation like you're literally just trying to figure it out so uh, yes uh, the the climate weekly um, I just was curious just what's your injury situation uh, you know, it's kind of fluid right now. Um. What's the latest on that front? This is uh, Jim Robertson from Oklahoma, isn't it? Any update on that front? Any update? Uh, I'm not really at liberty to talk about that right now. Man, Bill Self was not a not a big fan of the questions he got, by the way, on Wednesday. We had a tele- teleconference so uh, for to preview the Big 12 SEC Challenge happening on Saturday. It more so just turned into Bill Self getting grilled for seven minutes about the the brawl that happened. Mm-hmm. Just horrible timing on the the Big Twelve's part. Or, I mean, not that they control it, but like they had to have thought after that happened, like the like, oh man, like I just imagine, I imagine, and the the Big Twelve PR people are the, the the sports information people are so nice. I just imagine like, oh darn. Uh, can we cancel this teleconference? Yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, well, they've held. They're they're pretty good at holding super awkward teleconferences. I mean, fair. somehow their number got out, and Mike Gundy, that whole Mike Gundy situation occurred a couple fair years enough. ago. Fair enough. I don't feel sorry for Bill Self, man. Um, I mean, he the whole fight thing was kind of out of his control. I mean, there's nothing you can do if one of your players just goes b- absolutely berserk, unless you know he's an absolutely berserk human being. But, uh, I mean, this is what you get paid a lot of money to do. And something like that goes down on your home court. Um, there's going to be questions about it. And I was surprised to see the game days back at Allen, at Allen Fieldhouse Saturday. Yeah. I'm really glad that we, we'll be in Lawrence a few weeks from now. Are you going to hit Bill Self with some napalm? No. but Ask I'll, him if he's going to coach after the season? Probably. First question, Joe Bettner, Norman Transcript. Bill, <laughs> what are your plans to coach beyond this season? Uh, Bill, what are your thoughts on the rumors that you'll be coaching the Spurs next season? A lot of, lot of fit there. Does he still have uh, – A lot of heat. Who's the – R.C. Buford. Yeah, him and Buford go back. Yeah, I think they're roommates or something at one point. Mm, something. Buford's a Kansas guy. Oh. Um. But uh, anyways, I think it. I think that's right. But whatever. We've all of a sudden gone. This is not an, an, another uh, Kansas basketball podcast. 
Um, but it does sort of signal that we are wrapping things up, that we've reached this point. Um, it should be fun to watch the Super Bowl. I mean, the, the three Sooners that are in it, Blake Bell, James Winchester, Damian Williams, I think that's an interesting trio. I mean, I, a lot of people might not totally agree, but it's just guys who, you know, Damian Williams was dismissed from OU. Uh, James Winchester was a walk-on at OU. Blake Bell, well-documented move from quarterback to tight end at OU. I mean, just three guys that, based on the, where they started or things that happened in their career, that's kind of what I love about the NFL. Like, I love that there is some disconnect between being named a five-star recruit and the guys that actually make stars in the NFL. Like, it just it, there there's a lot of room in between your high school senior season and whatever happens before these guys get to the NFL for a, like an amazing story to occur and you look at somebody like James Winchester like walk on you know what happened to his dad Blake Bell like start off just like you know I don't know as far as Kansas high school quarterbacks go like one of the best ever and I mean start when they were as a prospect and then a guy that gets kicked off his college team I mean, it's just that's why I think the NFL is cool because there are a lot of second, there are a lot of comeback stories. Guys that late bloomers. I mean, George Kittle's one of them. I'm a big fan. I'm yeah. not a big fan of the NFL. I'm just saying, like that's to me, that's oh, what yeah. I love about it. Like you can, like we're both very anti NFL. We're this is an XFL podcast as of next <coughs> two, uh, two oh, weeks from now. God, so uh, have fun. Yeah, you're going down to Dallas, right? I do plan on going down there. It'll be fun for that first game, but um, you know. We'll see how much there'll be some stuff from the Norman transcript about the XFL. I look forward to I will it. Say that I look um, forward to the transcript arriving at my doorstep and opening it up and reading a gamer from a one Tyler Palmetier. I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Well, yeah, that'll be fun. So uh, I have nothing more to add, Joe. You want to take us home? All right, TP. It's been a good time. We appreciate you all for listening. Another OU Football Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. If you want to go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, it helps us out tremendously and gets the word out about the show. Until the next episode, for Tyler Palmatier, my name is Joe Bettner. We'll catch you next time.